How y'all doing? I'm Paul Ryan, your host of the Across the Cowboys podcast. This podcast is part of the Across the Board Sports Podcast family. If you're new to the show, thank you for joining us. And to our regular listeners, welcome back. With me, as always, is my co-host, the greatest co-host in the world, Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how are you? The way you were smiling right there, I thought I was going to get something. I thought I really did. I'm going to get, I go, he's planning something. This is not going to be the greatest for sure. The bald is, the the most American history X is something I was going to get, but I just got greatest. I'm shocked. I was trying to think of something clever, but I couldn't at the last minute. I won't lie. The tiredest would have, would have, yeah. The no sleep thing, that would definitely be, that should be fun. You're just going to look out right in the middle. You know, speaking of American History X, is that Edward Norton's greatest performance? Oh, no. I got to go. I like Primal Fear better. I love that. I think um, the score he's pretty good in. And uh, the score, what's that? The score is a movie with him and Robert De Niro where he plays someone that, um, that is uh, has a mental disability, but he really mm-hmm. doesn't. He just plays like he does because he's casing this place for a robbery. It's it's oh, pretty. Oh, cool. dude, that sounds good. It's, it's a good movie. Him and Robert De Niro going back and forth and stuff is nice. It's it's good. It's worth watching. Yeah, I like I like uh, Edward Norton, of course, in Fight Club, American History X, right. and then uh, Rounders. I mean, come on. Oh, right. That's probably his best performance. Him as the loser poker player is like it's oh man, the dummy. Yeah. <laughs> so good in that. Have you seen Primal Fear? I started watching it one night. We're late at night though, because I, I heard about it and I'd never heard about it. And you know, I like Edward Norton, but I didn't finish it. So that's wow. one on my 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 list. I want to yeah, watch the score watch. now. I love movies like that. Yeah, the score, primal, primal fear is better. Primal Fear is like an all-time great movie. You know, he hasn't done anything in a while, but I've always liked him in anything he's done. I even liked him as the Hulk. Motherless Brooklyn, he was in, and that was good. He was also, uh, oh, man. I want to say he's a voice if they do a sequel to the Attila movie uh, that Robert Rodriguez did. That's like kind of CGI. It has Christoph Waltz in it. That he's kind of the voice at the end, so he would be the bad guy if they were able to make another one of those. I really like that movie. And he was also the voice in something, but I can't remember what it was. So he's he's still been active, but he hasn't, you know, really it's all Marvel movies and stuff right now. If you're not in something Marvel or DC or Star Wars, you know, it's yeah. not big like that. Yeah, we're, we're coming up on the summer. That I means nothing but blockbusters. That's not really his thing. Yeah, no, no. He's Motherless Brooklyn. Great movie, but it's more of like time and costumes and like the the performance of uh, of the actors and the writing and stuff. And that's not a big like theater make money thing nowadays. You know, it's kind of funny just because we see all these famous actors. It makes me think of that John Hamm commercial on Apple where he's like watching TV and he oh. sees all those actors in a new series. He's like, oh, it could have been John Hamm. It's like, why hasn't Edward Norton been getting given an opportunity? Yeah, that's funny because that that is one of my I don't watch many commercials. I have DVR. That's one of my favorite ones that I saw, you know, when I was watching something live. Harry Potter or something was on and I had it on and and uh yeah, that's that is a great commercial by Apple. Oh man, Harry Potter. They're making a new one of those, aren't they? I don't know. They did the book. The book is incredible. I cried when I read it. Uh mm. It's it's great. It's written in like play form, so it's kind of shorter than normal. My thing is, if you're gonna do it, how you know? Do you CGI Snape? Like, do you know have somebody come in and do his face because he's so he's even essential to the new ones, even though he's not in a lot of it. He's essential. Man, just uh, the part I cried included him in it, and so it's it's. I would love to see him do the movie, but uh, I watched the um. The HBO, uh, you know, where what do you call it? Reunion, and that was oh, awesome. okay. That would be cool. Hopefully. So I, I assume you've watched all the movies. Have you also read all the books? Oh yeah, um, I have. I have every one of the books, and I have like I'm. I, I want to get this one that's displayed, you know, so it's not just the books that I read, but I can go. I'm a, 
I'm a book reader. I don't do it as much now because of the, you know, it was like a book a week before I would read. And now mm-hmm. it's like, it's like a book every two months. I'm not even gonna lie. I'm like, I'm, I, you've seen all the Star Wars ones I bought and I'm super behind on those. I'm behind on my, there's a couple of Disney ones that people give the, I'm, I apologize. I'm not thinking of the name. I didn't get any sleep, but they give the backstory of villains. So it's kind of yeah. like, hey, don't forget they were like regular people that weren't so bad back then, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, those are good. I'm behind on that. And I'm reading the uh, last compendium of The Walking Dead right now. So I'm still, you know, reading, but it takes a lot, lot longer. Yeah, I started dedicating just 30 minutes a day to reading a book. And I'm surprised because I'm actually, my wife and I, we've been reading, or I've been reading to her, that first uh, book in the new Star Wars series that I guess it's rather new, you know. Um, and after just reading for 30 minutes a day, of course, we've missed a couple of nights. But, man, I got through that book in probably three weeks' time. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of yeah. surprising. It's a good book, too, dude. Yeah, I got it right here. It's called, it's the um, the uh, Star Wars High Republic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're good. I, I just finished A Rising Storm and Falling Stars, the next one, but I got to finish The Walking Dead Componium and I got to finish this other book and then I read book three. Uh, I'm not reading the young adult ones in there, but the but the 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 full novels, the, the one, Light and Life, Rising Star and Falling Star, I think it's called, are the three, you know, that I'm reading on that and that series. So we're reading the same series right now. That's crazy. For, you know, someone like myself who's not really a total Star Wars nerd, this is actually a good story. It's great. And the way they the way they show how powerful the Jedi were back then, back when they like basically took care of all of the universe. Yeah. It's freaking uh it's crazy the stuff they could do like you know together work how they have them like there's so many that they would work together and do like crazy stuff so yeah it it gets good too man the next one uh uh you know the the friggin um god what are the bad guys called the hill that what are they the The hill right the nil the hill the hill yeah that in the in the in the second book dude you're about to get into crazy man it's, it's awesome yeah i'm excited well mike here we are we've gone, gone off track as we usually do so let's get back on track before we do that remind the people where they can find you on twitter sir at cd it's right there on youtube at cd piglet <laughs> nice and easy guys i'm paul ryan you can find me on twitter at paul underscore ryan 15 well mike before we discuss any football talk we got to talk about meatless monday what was on the menu today uh, Meatless Monday was, uh, uh, oh, really quick, uh, for people that, uh, watch this show just really fast time for Jeffrey, um, is what is his at now? Obviously Jeff Cavanaugh episode one of his show was today. I was watching uh, that before his, we started on his YouTube channel. Um, the guy obviously is a master at this. He's one of the reasons I wanted to do it. So make sure you're subbed, uh, party at Jeff's love you, Jeff. Uh, and I can't wait to see all your work. You're going to kill it, man. Uh, Meatless Monday was kind of boring. I made some cheese tortellini, and by made, I mean that when it goes on sale, I buy it and stick it in the freezer because I am not making homemade ravioli. I do not. I've done that twice. It's annoying. It takes too long. I suck at it. They fall apart. It's one of the things. I've tried and failed badly. I can make wontons, I can make gyoza, I can make egg rolls, but when I have to make the dough, I'm, I'm terrible. So I bought cheese tortellini, I boiled it, and I put it with sauce, and I ate it with some toasted bread because it's meatless Monday. Nothing fun. Had nothing like a good pasta, sir. It was yummy. Don't get me wrong. I, I uh, pecorino romano or. Uh, Parmigiano Reggiano that I uh, that I shaved over the top. This is gonna be a lot. <laughs> oh God, guys, <laughs> no sleep, and and I'm the one that doesn't have a, a young child, so this is just gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of no sleep last night, man, he was he was giving us a hard time. I was channeling you. I was like, I'm up with him. I'm here with him in spirit. Thank goodness for the prestige. We'll talk a little bit more about that later on, though. 
All right. <laughs> All right. Well, Mike, let's get into it, man. You look at this Cowboys 21, 2021 team. You know, what was their identity in your eyes? All right. So I think you have to break it down to, to get to it. I think they started off as and and Skywalker Steel and Jesse Holly kind of is where I first heard this, but they started off as how do you want it? Like on yeah. offense, you you want to step up and stop the run, we'll gut you. Uh, throwing Dak will cut you up. You want to stay back in a soft coverage? Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott will run it up on your face. And they did that for about six weeks on teams, uh, and all the way through the Patriot game, all the way through the calf strain and the bye week. And for whatever reason, after that, the team flipped to a very conservative, defensive led team where they didn't really play tough quarterbacks, and the defense was able to just like. Hey, just don't mess it up, offense, and we'll hold on. And then at the end, the, the third segment is like they became a really undisciplined team that would beat themselves. And it 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 kind of deteriorated that way. You know, we, we talk about the calf strain and the big difference there between there and going forward. But a lot of that also had to do with like, like we were penalized before that, but man, it just felt like the timing of penalties – after that Patriots game was just brutal. It would always come at the worst spots. It wasn't just that we got penalties. It was that it would take away a first down and make it third and 21. Like, brutal. So, yeah, that's – that. I think in the end they became a the, – the, the, the team was a, a undisciplined team that hurt themselves in games. And that was their identity, you know, through, throughout. So an undisciplined team is what you're saying. Yes. You know, it seemed, man, like right after that Patriots game, it, it took the perfect storm for to bring the Cowboys back down to earth. It took a Dak injury. It took an injury to Tyron. It took Connor Williams getting getting benched. It just took all these things to, to finally bring us down. And we still found a way to win 12 games. But for me, I felt like our, our, our identity was defense, you know, um, I felt like they had a the Cowboys had a defensive identity. The defense was the most consistent. And at the end of the year, Mike, we saw that they were the strength of this team. Yeah, it's crazy how that flipped. Because early on, the defense was good. They yeah. were fine. They would get turnovers. But it was an offensive, like, juggernaut that was just kit. You know, the Chargers, they'd run for 200 yards on because they played that shell. And then another team would come up and go, no, nah, we're not going to let you run 200. And Dak would just eat them up. So it was – it was fun watching back then, man. But yeah, it 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 turned to a conservative defensive team. It really did. Yeah, you know, as of today, Michael, what are your, what is the Cowboys' identity in your eyes? A uh, team with a bad front, bad GM, bad front office. Uh, we know this part of the year they just are. They're bad. I mean, we we're going to talk about it later on. But the Stephen Jones stuff today, you know, it it breaks down like this. <clears throat> Stephen Jones decides basically what contracts are, are worth bringing back and, and the yeah. money related. Will McClay tries to find guys within that limited money that he thinks would be good for what the team wants, what the team is, what the offensive coordinator and defense coordinator want in their unit. That's Will McClay's job. He does it really well. Jaron Curse, Casey, Hooker, Urban. Uh, you know, he, he does a good job with what he's asked to do. It's hard to be a miracle worker like that and find those cheap things that the only people, the only stuff Stephen Jones will, will put in on. And then Jerry's kind of the figurehead that comes in and, and cleans up deals that have the DAC deal and the tank deal that have to get done by deadline. Right. He kind of comes in. And He's does a closer. That. Yeah. But Will McClay's great as the de facto GM. The problem is the people ahead of him hold him back by limiting what he can do. And right. so, it's it's a team with a bad front office, and that's all you're going to hear through the draft until draft time. Is you're going to just hear how bad they are because they don't. They'll probably lose a lot of their guys right now. Um, a lot of them will be good moves. We shouldn't bring back Schultz. Um, you know, the, there's there's you know Connor Williams can go. That's okay, depending on his money. Those guys kind of price themselves out where other teams could use them, but for us, it's not really worth the cap cap hit on them. So. Bad GM. For me, that's a team with a bad front office. No, let me ask you this, Mike. We're going to go off the sheet here for a second. But if we had the Jerry of old, do you think 
and the last 10 years we would have we would have made it to one Super Bowl or won one Super Bowl? I think we'd have had a better chance because 2014-2016 teams, yeah, he could have yeah. maybe made that one difference. Even this year, gone and got that one guy, you know, did that one move you had to make. Uh, I believe he would have done that. But I believe with Steven in charge, that's not going to get done. They're, they're, Steven Jones more worried about winning the deal than about what makes, if it, you know, ultimately can win you the title, be the be the piece to put you over the top. He wants to win the deal first, and, and it's just hard to, to be a GM that way. It's like Brian Broaddus always says, it's that, you know, Jerry could be there with the can of gas in his hand in a match ready to let this thing burn. And Steven's waiting across from him with a water hose, like, okay, dad, if you're ready to ready to do this, you know, I'm, I'm ready for you, but nothing's going to happen because Steven's kind of, you know, cat, cat boy is, is in charge these days. I was about to say that cat boy. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, we're talking about Steven Jones here after his comments about Amari and, and Demarcus Lawrence, what percentage would you give them being on the team in 2022? I'm going to start with tank. He's going to be a 50, 50. Um, I think you save more money if you cut him later on, you know, so you, you're not going to restructure him. That's not smart. You could ask him to take a cut that say, Hey, instead of, uh, instead of doing this or that, we'll, we'll, you know, instead of, instead of cutting you to save 8 million, what if you just take five off the top and, you know, it helps our cap, you know, something like that. Um, I don't think they'll restructure. He's 50, 50, because I think. I think they want to keep him another year, and I believe the real savings for him comes next year. Uh, Amari, I'm going 75-25. He's staying just because he's 20, what, 27, I think? twenty. Like He's young still, and you can save 12.5 restructuring him, and it's not like restructuring a 34-year-old. Amari right. Cooper plays injured. He puts up uh, numbers when he's targeted. He's a very good, he's a very good number one receiver if he's used like a number one receiver. So there should be no issue with restructuring him. It only is a uh, four million dollar difference, and you get to keep him for the next couple of years, which is smart. You should. You know, Mike, you're a little bit more optimistic than I am. You know, together I'll say there's about a ten percent chance. Separately, I'm giving Amari a zero percent chance to be on the team in 2022. And you know, when you when you break down Tank's contract the way you did, it's probably higher than the 10 percent I gave him. But um, yeah, that's what I, I mean. Initially, that's what I was thinking is about a 10 percent chance. If he does, if he's not willing to take a pay cut, and the Cowboys decide to eat that money, then you know, I, I could, I wouldn't be surprised to see them do that. I'd be interested to see if they had to pick one of them to go, which they would, because Amari. Amari saves more money on the outright cut. He can save double what Tank can with a lot less dead money hit. But if you if you cut Tank and restructure Amari, you get about twenty million in savings altogether. Big dead money hit, but still twenty million in savings is a lot of money. So you add that to Dax fifteen, maybe a Zach Martin restructure. Now you have the money to go get a curse. Go get. Uh, uh, Hooker, maybe a Gregory, you know. So it'll it'll be interesting to see what they do. It, it's definitely going to be an eventful off season. Absolutely, you know, you're talking about the players that we could sign if we were to lose both Amari and Tank. Wh- who are three? Which three Cowboys would you like to see be brought back with Amari and Tank's money if we do decide to if we do decide to part ways with them? All right, so controversy time. This is me. I I really battled with the last the last one i really battled my first one was uh uh dorrance armstrong and i'm gonna go forward and the reason i I, the reason i said that is is randy gregory's pushing 30 he's a better player make no doubt about it he's a better player but dorrance armstrong's 24 and he he played less games than he ever has he's always played 15 or more games this year he played 13 he only had five starts if you look in less games, he had more sacks, five this year, than the last three years combined. He only had 2.5. He's starting to put it together, and he's better with Quinn, and he's better with uh, the defensive line coach who's no sleep, guys. you got to forgive me on forgetting the name. 
He has uh, his most tackles were this year, even though he's in less games than he's ever played. He had uh, three tackles for a loss in his career. He got three more this year. And how about this one? QB hits. The last three years combined, he had eight. This year, in only 13 games, had 12. Ooh. So he's starting to make that, that move. Um, and the, just the way I look at it is, yes, it'd be a downgrade from Randy, but I'm looking at signing one of them for three years. And the cheaper contract, the 24 years old, I think I would like to bring back Dorrance as like my number one. And if nothing else, he's a great rotational piece. Like mm-hmm. he's that extra guy you can bring in. Him and Basham now make your backups really great, regardless of who the other two are. <clears throat> you have two solid depth guys right there. My second guy, Malik Hooker, 25. Again, there's a theme here. 25 years old, <clears throat> coming off an injury. He started to get better every year. He still should be cheap. Because he didn't play a lot this year. He wasn't able to do stuff. I don't expect some team to go out and like, all right, let's, you know, go after Malik Hooker and really give him a big deal. So I'd like to bring him back. I think he's the free safety option we need. I think if he comes in to the offseason healthy, he becomes your star free safety that you've been looking for at a young age, maybe a year or two contract cheap. Um, It might only be a year, but maybe if you increase it a little, you can get a second. The third one's where I had a lot of issue because Jerron Curse deserves to be the guy. Like team leader. Yeah, a team leader, a killer. Like, yeah. It, but I also love the idea of bringing Cedric Wilson back because mm. he's, he's okay. a, if you go into the year with, with Lamb and Amari or you're bringing back Gallup and letting Amari go, but you have two. Cedric Wilson's a nice 3-4 guy, punt returner, special play guy. He's hit big plays every time he's got an opportunity with Dak. For a few games, he hits you a big play. So you know he yeah. can make big plays. He just brings so much versatility, and he's going to be cheaper. In the end, I did pick Jerron Curse as my third because I need I need that guy. I need, yes, even, if, even if he drops off play. And tight ends kind of figure him out, and he doesn't eliminate the tight end. He gives up some plays. Even if he, he gets beat up playing linebacker hybrid a little bit more, and, he, and he's just not quite as good in the run game, his mentality and his voice in the sounds of the sidelines, if you watch him, you know what I'm talking about, it's needed. And so based on that, I put him third. So my three are pretty – I'm sure – People want the offensive line. I'm sure people want the uh, the the Randy Gregory. I'm sure people want Michael Gallup. My three were a little different. I want the safety who's young and I think could be a big playmaker. I want the uh, the defensive end who's only improving and he's really young. And he's had his best year under Quinn. And then and then in the end, I did Jaron Curse over Cedric Wilson. On his leadership, my brother's phone is going off. <laughs> Shout out to Mitch Crum is going to come on the show soon. I'm interested in who that is because it just says loser is calling. <laughs> it just says loser. I'm like, who is who is that? There's so many people that could be. You should have answered it. We could have our first guest of the offseason on. Right? Yeah. Just put him <laughs> on speaker. Loser. I wonder who that is. You know, Mike, our, our list here is pretty similar. I have Malik Hooker. Of course, I have J. Ron Curse. But instead of Dor- Arm- Dorrance Armstrong, Mike, I actually went with Randy Gregory only because <clears throat> he's better. I mean, just he's the we 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 if we lose Lawrence, of course we still have Micah. But who's going to be our playmaker on the defensive line? He's he's better, and that's the thing with uh, with Tank going. Randy Gregory probably should have been my my guy over Malik Hooker, yeah, but yeah. I was but I don't know. I just like the idea of the twenty four year old coming in and and I like the idea of youth. Yeah, and and him and Hooker being like I just I don't know. I just like that. Uh, I, I I absolutely could be wrong. Doris Armstrong could be a backup five sack a year guy only, but I just think man, twenty four years old. Like that's when people he hasn't even hit his prime yet. 
No, not he's probably got another two years till his prime. Exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of a bet. Over the next three years, do I think I get a better value paying Dorrance Armstrong a lower contract as he ascends? Yeah. Or Randy Gregory a higher contract as maybe he's just stabilizes. Maybe right. his stable is better than Dorrance Armstrong ever gets to. That's the risk. Randy Gregory probably in the next three years will end up being better than Dorrance Armstrong, but will he be better enough to for the difference in the money? So, you know, it's it's tough. Well, how would you feel about having Randy Gregory and Dorrance Armstrong as your start, starting defensive ends for 2022? Uh, I'm okay with it because I think I think it's a downgrade, but I think you have Micah Parsons. I think uh, Basham's a good backup. I think Osa and Neville going into an offseason where they're healthy. One's not a rookie and the other's healthy is is a, a big upgrade. So uh, if that was the case, I would really, really, really hope to land a Demon Clark linebacker or a linebacker that can allow Parsons to play some snap as a straight-up defensive end every once in a while during the year. So, you know, it would it would make the need for better linebackers uh, bigger, but I wouldn't hate it. I, I really think Dorrance Armstrong is going to be a low key, really good uh, bring back if they can manage that. If a team doesn't like go into the fourth fight and go, you know what, let's play this guy a little bit extra on the chance that that we get a big hit on him because Dallas won't do that. You know, they're going to give him the you're 24, you haven't really done anything, stay in Dallas, you you know, you're you're improving type deal. But if a team if a team looks ahead and goes, Hey, we could, we could sneak this guy at a decent price. If we give them, you know, a three year and a little bit more than, than you expect, we can end up getting a big value out of that for a three year deal. If nobody does that, then, then I think we bring them back and it's going to be a really good move. Absolutely. You know, well, Mike, uh, I mentioned that the Cowboys have uh, 20 free agents. If I didn't, I, I meant to, and we know that Amari and Tank are as good as gone. Uh, or so we think. So, well, because you're the football brains and scout of the show, you know, I thought we'd try a little team building exercise tonight for the Cowboys. I asked you to do a mock draft with the mindset of losing and trying to replace Amari Cooper, Demarcus Lawrence, and Connor Williams. However, while we're losing those guys, Dallas is bringing back Michael Gallup and Randy Gregory in this exercise. Uh, for this draft, we're going to go pick by pick. So, Mike, start us off. You know, talk to us about your 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 mock draft and who's your first round pick. All right, so I did this draft considering what I know about Will McClay. So I didn't go into this with any like, if you think I'm going to get a small school guy in the first round, or uh, or um, you know, go after Jordan Davis, who I love and I would go after and at the first round pick. I I wasn't doing any of that. I'm going in like, okay, here's what we know about Will McClay. Let's let's see what the picks would be. So first pick was uh, uh, Zion Johnson, uh, offensive guard out of uh, Boston College. Um, he, he doesn't – this was a tough one because technically he doesn't have the length that Dallas typically covets, but they normally covet that at tackle. At guard, they're a little bit more lenient on – you have to be super, you know, super like long arms and size. Yeah. So – I went ahead and drafted him. Um, I believe they would. I do. And I think he starts at left guard day one and is one of our better linemen for the next decade. I think he would be excellent in that spot. He would improve our center instantly. And uh, and he would help out if Tyron got hurt and we had to have Steele come in. He would help uh, that situation too because I think he's a – He's a and he's a really good run blocker, which is what I love about him most. He he knows how to stay on his guy. He's very it's very hard to get detached from. And if you can't detach, you can't tackle. If you can't tackle him, then that means he's getting to the second level. So mm-hmm. um, I really like that pick. There are better ones, but in the draft that I was given, that was one that I believe they would do. Um, I don't have what other guys were in front of me. I apologize for that, but. Zion Johnson is a pick that's believable that Dallas would do and that fills the Connor Williams role right away. All right, so talk to us about your second-round pick. You've, you've addressed the offensive line. What's your next move? 
Next move is John Mechie the third. Alabama speedster. Now don't hate this. Yeah. No, speed. The team needs team speed. Oh, yeah. If you if you tell me we're losing Amari Cooper, what I'm gonna say is it's fine if you get me a burner. And not just not just a developmental semi Fihoko is a pretty good burner for his size. Mm -hmm. Not that. I'm talking about a legit Alabama. Wide risk, even even a uh, forgive the name. I know he's not going to be playing for a long time, but when Henry Ruggs came out, he was a burner, but he was a he was a top prospect. Yeah. John Mechie is too. The only reason he falls to fifty six because he's coming off a torn ACL that he suffered in the championship game. If he's a full full bill of health, he's probably a top fifteen pick. If he fell into the fifteen to twenty, it would be another like in the CD Lamb range where you're like, damn, why is this guy falling? He's He's from the big school. He's got great speed. Like he's dynamic. He could beat you every which way receiving all of them. He he's, he's what you call a, a three level threat. So he can beat you before, uh, before the ball's thrown, get you deep or separate. He can beat you at the catch point and he could beat you after the catch. And, mm. and he has blazing speed. So I, I think that value is just too good, especially with what this offense needs. So I, I went with Mechie. You look at that skill set, though. Would you – and you consider the skill sets and the, the value, would he be um, a better pick than maybe a Jamison Williams? Do you think Jamison Williams – well, is Jamison Williams speed, though? Like, I want a burner. John Mechie. From what I understand, I thought he – he had it all, Mike, but I could be wrong again. You're the brains of the show. I gotta, I gotta be honest. I haven't gone over Williams. I haven't, I haven't gone over. I know he's an early round pick. And I don't know if he would make 56 either. I think Mechie has a chance because of the injury. Well, no, but I guess what I meant by that question is like, let's say Jamison Williams. We took him at 24, and then we took an offensive line at offensive lineman in the second round. How would you feel about taking Williams over Mechie, or would you prefer? Uh, Zion Johnson and, and then Mechie. Which which of the two duos would you prefer? I guess I'm going to tell you why a better I, way to the the reason I prefer Mechie is because he was you would be getting two guys that are top that are first round grades. Mm, so okay. Zion Johnson is a cheater grade for me. Is a one two. I got to see his combine first to decide if I'm going to solidly put him in the one or two category. John Mechie's a one is a first round pick. He's only injured. That's the only reason he would fall to 56 he he is lightning so in the other situation you're talking maybe we go uh uh williams and then say ed ingram in the second or slayer or whatever mm -hmm. I, i'm getting a second to i'm getting a day two guy in the second round which is great but in the first scenario we're getting a late first round pick in late first round and we're getting an early first round pick that dropped to the second because you're injured. So I'd rather have that uh, double up. From what I'm reading, Mike, it sounds like uh, Williams is, is quite the burner himself. Okay. I may have him mistaked with, um, is it Garrett Wilson? That's the slower one. Uh, and I, and dude, no sleep, guys. No Give sleep. Me. No, I hear you, man. I understand. So sorry to throw you, sorry to kind of get you off track here. Just, no, no, you're fine. Williams, I should man, he's know the, it. I should the, know it. Top 10 pick, dude. Yes, that's why I said he's not going to last till 56. But I just right, right. There's, there's one of the guys that's a little bit slower of the Burks, the Wilsons, the Williams, the, the Mechie. And I couldn't remember which one it was. It's like a jumbled mess. The only thing I know is uh, Burks is the one that's um, that's Debo-like and Mechie's yeah. the uh, Alabama burner. Um. Can I say I saw something on Twitter that I thought was awesome? It said Micah Parsons is a defensive Debo Samuel. That's, that's <laughs> I like that, awesome. dude. I love yeah. that. That's great. Yeah, I was watching a little bit of his interview with Rich Eisen. I didn't get to watch it all, but I just love Micah so much, dude. It's crazy that, like, because I didn't want to spend the 12th pick on an off-ball linebacker, I now am, uh, I now am, uh, you know, I have his jersey. I'm literally wearing, it doesn't really fit anymore, but I'm wearing his, uh, for people on YouTube, his Defensive Player of the Year shirt, wearing it, right? Defensive Rookie of the Year. How does it not fit already? 
because I washed it. I got a double X and some double X's are tall and some aren't. Yeah. So it's not that it obviously it fits, but it, it's not like a comfortable fit. Gotcha, you know, gotcha. Washed, that happens. Yeah, yeah, I know. All right, Mike, so talk to us about your you, – you've addressed the offensive line. You've replaced – well, not I shouldn't say replaced Amari Cooper, but you've yeah. kind of filled the void at, at yeah. wide receiver. Now, what, what are we doing in the third round? Third round is Quay Walker. Uh, of the day two linebackers, I like him and uh, Damone Cl- – uh, uh, Demonte Clark? LSU, the LSU kid. I think it's Damone Clark. Yeah, Dame Demone, One. Yeah. That's what I call, I call him Dame One because Damian Lillard – Damone Clark uh, from LSU and Quay Walker, my two favorites. The reason I took Quay Walker is both of them had big schools. Both of them have a great wingspan. Um, uh, Damone Clark's a little bit more of an edge rusher, but we got that from Micah. Quay Walker's a little bit better at deconstructing and holding up against blocks. So I I went with the guy that might hold up a little bit better in the run. Both of them are going to run and tackle. Both of them have great wingspan. Uh, even Walker is a decent blitzer. Jermaine, Jermaine Clark can can edge rush. Like he he legitimately can pass rush. And I'm I'm fine if if we want to get him instead. But I went with Quay Walker because I thought we have uh, we have Michael Parsons. Let's get the next guy in there. Hey, no, I, I know where that we're replacing guys, but honestly, how do you, how would you feel about if this were the Cowboys' real life draft? Oh, I would be I would be uh, ecstatic if we got the like freak out party like C.D. Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, Neville Gallimore ecstatic. Oh, really? Yes. Well, I like hearing that because I don't I don't know much about Quay Walker, but John Mechie's somebody I've drafted a lot uh, for the Cowboys. I know Zion Johnson. He's somebody that's been talked a lot about by Kavanaugh and Brian Broaddus. Um, they seem to both really start uh, really starting to have like a, a bit of a draft crush on Tyler Lindenbaum. Yeah, I know. I don't, I, can I be honest with you all? I don't know if Dallas will draft him. He's, he's smallish. I don't know if they want to go that way after how they haven't been able to move in the interior. I don't know if they're going to go small again. Connor Williams is kind of a meh. And Tyler Lindenbaum's a way better pra- pros- prospect. I just think I don't I don't think they're going to go there if he if he falls. I don't. I just have a feeling. So Zion Zion Williamson, he's from uh he's from a smaller school, isn't he? Uh Boston College. Okay, so not necessarily a smaller school, but I don't know. I wouldn't. Is that that's not a top twenty-five either, is it? Uh, Boston College won't. It won't be a problem for them to draft him at twenty-four. It's not the kid from uh, Penning, uh, uh, you know, Northern Iowa. That that is not going to happen. I know people like that kid, and he could play left guard and move out to tack. They're not going to draft him. You know, it, that's more the kid I like. Uh, the wide receiver, six-five burner from uh, North Dakota State. They're not going to draft him. It's those guys that they'll, unless they get new voices or new or Will McClay's like, look, we got to, you know, check these guys. Then, then that's, they're not guys that they're going to draft. All right, Mike, uh, talk to us about your fourth round pick. Fourth round pick. I went with John Ridgeway, a uh, big one tackle. I think day three is where they'll they'll address that if they can't bring urban back or if they don't think Mohana's made enough of, of a jump or they're just worried that they don't have enough beef I love John Ridgeway he's out of uh, Arkansas and um he could come right in I I think uh day one he would better be a better one technique than Bohana Bohana is gonna get better a year in but man John John Ridgeway is strong like country strong. He holds up versus the run. Um, he's one of my favorite. Uh, like, if I had my way, we'd get one of either Jordan Davis, uh, Travis Jones, or John Ridgeway. It would be one of those three, 100%. And just depending on what you want to spend on the position. Mm-hmm. So, for me, for Dallas, because Jordan, Jordan Davis was available when I picked uh, in the first round. And I was just like, they're not going to do it. You know, I want him but I'm doing yeah. a will play draft. They've never drafted a one technique or nose tackle until Bohana. 
last year under Will McClay. So it's just round four is about where, where the value feels right. So that's what I went with. You know, Mike, I know you, you said uh, when we were talking earlier via text, I asked if you just wanted to talk about, or did you just do a four-round mock, or did you do all seven? You said you did a full mock, but we'll kind of uh, speed through these here. So talk to us about your next three picks. The next three were Cole Turner, a tight end prospect. Everybody seems to like him, uh, but this is about the value for him, fourth, fifth round. Uh, he's developmental, so Jarwin will have to start and be healthy. McEwen, he'll kind of be battling for that second, third. Maybe as the year goes on, if Jarwin can't stay healthy, he kind of gets in and, and takes it. He's, he's a pretty good prospect. Uh, Chase Lucas, this one was a tough one because he's 5'11". But like Anthony Brown, who's 5'11", he has long arms. And he's a pretty damn good athlete. Not, not the speed of Anthony Brown, but a good enough athlete and long enough arms that I think they'll be okay with the, uh, with the fact that he's only 5'11". like Anthony Brown can move inside and out. I believe he'd be a slot for us, but if it worked out where he had to move inside or outside for some reason that he'd be able to do that. So that's nice in an emergency. Uh, Joshua Ross was my last guy. He's more of a middle linebacker plus prospect two down thumper type from Michigan. The big school thing, of course, for Dallas is always important. He'd be a special teamer. They need depth at linebacker. I went into the to the draft going, okay, I got to get two of them. I either have to get two linebackers or a linebacker and a safety that can that can play like Curse's role. So you know, I I that was the plan, and I and I think I wanted a middle linebacker because we need a guy that for a couple downs can just go in and thump with people, you know, and 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 stop the run if we're playing teams that are just running on us. Put that guy in there and let him take on some blocks and shed and take a guy down. And if it gets to coverage, well, then fine. Make him make a play. But don't just let him continue to run and overpower us. So that was those three picks. You know, with all the free agents, Mike, and the and the salary cap, we know how Steven runs it and everything. You're looking at this draft. Do you think that this is going to be one of those drafts where we're going to target need, need, need? I don't because I think there's going to be too many needs. Let, let's just go through. Let's say Gal. Let's say they keep Cooper or they either way get one of Gallup and Cooper are there, right? One of Gregory or Tanker there. Uh, Urban comes back. Let's say, uh, but but Watkins goes. One of those two come back, right? Um, and they lose Connor Williams. Well, they can put McGovern there. Now they have an inside offensive line and an offensive tackle need. You know, it is there because Tyron is what it is. LC, they were one of the worst uh, uh, pass offensive lines against the uh, pass rush in the league last year. They were bottom 10. Uh, so that's a need. Wide receiver, you could probably still use speed. And if one of those two guys are gone, we don't know about Cedric Wilson and, and Malik Turner. We don't know about Simi Fihoku. So that's a need. Uh, defensively, are you okay with Watkins and Bohana? Might need one there. Uh, Edge, Randy Gregory and uh, and Terrell Basham doing it for you. If you move Micah Parsons down to Edge, now you're happy. Now you're like, okay, I got either Parsons Gregory or Parsons Tank. That's great. Who's your fucking linebackers? You don't have anything. You have Cox coming off an injury and nothing else. Uh, Luke Gifford, I think, isn't a free agent. Like, that's rough. Who's your safeties? If you bring back Malik Hooker, it's not going to be on a long-term deal because he's trying to play one year, show he can stay healthy again, and get paid. You bring him back Casey, he was okay, 30 years old. You know, so I just feel – and then even even uh, cornerback, you have Kelvin Joseph, you have Diggs. You know they're there for the long term. Nation Wright was uh, overdraft, it looks like. Reggie Robinson hasn't been able to get anywhere. Anthony Brown's a cut candidate at $5 million. Jordan Lewis is going to be a cut candidate this year just because they did the contract the way they did. So that's a need. So I just think going in, no matter what they they hit, you know, if in the first round it's Zion Johnson, okay, you hit a starter. If it's N'Kobe Dean or De- uh, Lloyd, hit a starter. If it's uh, Kyler Gordon, hit a starter. If it's Daxton Miller or Brisker, hit a starter. Like, they don't really need to. They have so many, so many, um, uh, what spots they can improve that I think they just draft 
minus making sure they get an offensive lineman in the top hundred. Other than that, I think they uh, they they just draft whatever lands in their lap. Yeah, I mean that'd be nice to see three years in a row. That wow, it'd be beautiful. I wish. Yeah, that that, that makes two of us, Mike. Well, here we are with our uh, our newest segment, if you want to call it that. It's going to be uh, Mike and Paul's view from the front row again. For those who missed it last week, you know this is the segment where because there's not a lot of football really going on right now outside of the combine and everything coming up. Uh, then free agency hasn't started. You know, Mike and I thought we would discuss movies and TV shows that we've watched or are watching and that we want to share with you guys in case you haven't seen them. And, you know, maybe that's we, we mentioned something that you haven't seen and that you would enjoy. Uh, so, Mike, you know, talk to us. What, what did you watch last week? All right. So here's the here's the issue is the ones that I'm watching right now, unfortunately, are episodic. So they're every so like Marvelous Miss Maisel, two more episodes came out Friday. Uh, uh, the servant Friday, another episode, um, uh, after party had another episode. The same shows that I talked about last week are still the ones I'm currently watching because they're coming up on their season finales. Uh, I will say euphoria season finale was unbelievable. Like it was so good. Incredible. That was trending on Twitter, man. It was an incredible, I will talk nothing about it, but the episode was incredible. So, you know, there was that season finale, Walking Dead's going on their like last run before they go. I'm trying to keep up on that. The new Book of Power with uh, with Tommy is one that I'm watching, but everything right now is episodic. So I'm not able to just, it all dropped, boom, 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 watch them all. You know, mm-hmm. I just don't have that right now. So, Going back to the same ones as last week and hoping you have something new for us. Well, I'm curious. What is After Party? After Party is real. Have you ever seen the movie Clue? Yes. Okay. It's a lot like a like Clue was done out modern as a TV show. Each guest, every every episode is a certain guest of the party telling their story from that night. And there was a mm-hmm. murder and they're trying to figure out who murdered uh Dave Franco's character, Xavier. Um, and it has Tiffany Haddish. Um, <clears throat> it has it, it has a bunch of people where the faces you'd go, oh yeah, him from neighbors, the guy, the friend from neighbors. Yeah, I know him, but y- you don't know it well enough to where you just boom their names out, you know. But yeah. Dave Franco and Tiffany Haddish are the two bigger names that you're like, oh, these guys, you know, the the, the name stars. But it's really funny. Um the dude that's been on, uh, uh, God, I hate that I don't know his name. He's on the, uh, he's on the, uh, the Don Cheadle shows, uh, House of Lies, and he's been in a lot of stuff. He's really funny, and I can't remember his name, but his episode is the third episode, and it's like, it's so funny because he, he like goes over the top, like he was singing and stuff, and like you know it didn't happen. Like no, dude, you're lying. Like nobody was joining <laughs> in with you doing that stuff, but. Yeah, it's good. You, you, I would watch it's Apple Plus. I want to say is the one that it's on. Still don't have Apple, but I'll, it sounds like I'll have to change that, Mike. Apple Plus is one of my favorite. They're they have a lot of home run show. Like they don't have as much content, but when they drop something, I'd say seven out of ten times, it's like, damn, that was great. That was worth watching. So for me, Mike, it, it was a good week of movie watching for me. Uh, I watched Ratatouille with my wife and my son. And then my wife and I, we watched uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings for the first time. And holy cow, man, that was, I, I know when I was talking to you about it, you were saying how it could it could easily make your top five like favorite Marvel movies. And I was like, wow, man, that's that seems pretty, like a pretty bold statement. But after watching it, I can, I can see why. And then last night, uh, we, we uh, I mentioned it earlier on the show, but my wife and I, we were we watched the uh, Prestige to to go to sleep and help my son go to sleep. That's a good movie. You went to? Are you dissing it? Or are you saying it puts you to? sleep? No, no, no. I'm saying it's just I, oh, I've seen oh. it so many times. It's like one okay. that I'm so familiar with that, of course, it keeps me interested. But I can fall asleep to it, and you know, and that's not a diss on the movie because that's one of my favorite Christian Bell movies, dude. Christopher Nolan. It's, it's it's he's a genius now i like memento better but of his movies before he was really known you know mm-hmm. before batman and then and then uh you know uh, uh interstellar and and uh 
inception before all those started coming out he had memento and prestige and they were such good movies uh so yeah i love prestige that was that was great the, the actors that director you can't miss no you really can and man uh even scarlett johansson you know just the sneaky addition of her dude uh memento what is that i've never seen that memento is one of the most creative best movies ever made his brother jonathan nolan wrote the story for it and it it has guy pierce it has uh carrie ann moss it has joe pataliano uh who's the uh if you don't know who that is he's in matrix he's the one that turns on him in the first matrix he's also the uh the sergeant in uh He's like the captain in Bad Boys, the one that's okay. all, you know, him. And basically what it is is it it's this person who has uh, short-term memory loss, and he's yeah. trying to catch his wife's killer, and he puts clue, he tattoos clues on himself so that when he re- wakes up from the, you know, the memory starts over, he can look and get an idea of what's, you know, going on. And um, it plays all backwards so oh, really it's great john it's christopher nolan's a friggin g he's a maniac the first scene of the movie is how the movie ends and oh, then wow okay. and then it goes backwards you watch it because it's like you have short-term memory and you have to go back and read and it goes all the way back to the start of the movie and I literally bought a when Blu-ray first came out. I brought a Blu-ray of it where they had an option to watch the movie forward, like regular version. Mm-hmm. And it, it's 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 crazy still because you get to watch like a regular movie. But the the watching it go back, like the end. This scene ends and it goes back and shows the scene before, and that scene ends right at the scene that you had just watched, you know. And then it goes back again and like. It's it's I can't recommend a movie. You know those little gems like the Oh yeah. It was one of those. It's a 10 of 10, but you have to watch it. You you can't be like on your I'm phone doing, or anything like that. No. Yeah. It, everything is important. Every detail, every when he starts talking about Sammy Jenkins cuz he was an in, he was a a insurance thing like and they they thought this guy with short-term memory loss was faking. And mm-hmm. that story's incredible. And man, it it's seriously, it's it's one of those mind-blowing movies like that. It's never been done since. There's not been one movie that's been done like that since. And Tenet has a little bit of that. The way Tenet like goes back, it it it's like you could tell it was Christopher Nolan, you know? But yeah. still, even then, Memento, the way he did it, it's just it's unbelievable how he thought that up. Like, and man, this is crazy. Watch Mike, it. can you can you keep us going for just a minute? I I gotta I gotta cut out real quick. Yeah, because I can go on to uh, to prospect uh, review. Now he's not gonna go because when he comes back, he's gonna be like prospect review. But we've already gone over it. So uh, he wanted me to look up Jahan Dotson, uh, the the wide receiver, and. Um, I got to be honest that he's he feels like a tweener to me. Like he has the speed, he has great route running, but he's only 5'11, he doesn't have like an elite catch radius. I wouldn't call we were talking about the three uh level uh wide receivers before. He's pretty good at the catch point. He's not great after the catch. Like he's not overly dynamic, he's not overly big. Um he reminds me if Cole Beasley had speed to play outside because he can beat you like a Cole Beasley on the inside, but he can line up outside and and has the speed to beat you deep. Um, And he didn't play with a great quarterback, which I liked because he was really productive, even though Penn State didn't have a a great QB. Uh, I just, with with the wide receivers that are available in this draft, Jahan Dotson didn't do it for me like, I, I would feel more comfortable with him being a slot guy that beat linebackers and, and even the best slot corners he could beat with his route running. But I don't love him on the outside because I, I just think he'd be limited. He's not a go-up-and-get guy. He's got enough speed to get past the corners, 
but fast corners could stay with him. He, you know, he'd have to beat them to to uh, get through, uh, you know, over the top. He would legit have to, like, beat him off the line. He's not going to overly speed streak you. So he felt a little bit like a tweener to me, and that's why he wasn't he, – I know he's, he's – he'd probably be a second rounder for me because I just don't – I. I don't love him enough as a he, – he's more of a guy that's an underneath beat the guy, get 15 yards. I went with prospect review. I jumped ahead to that because I figured that's one I could go through. So I went uh, Jayon Dotson, Penn State wide receiver. And basically what I said is he's kind of a tweener for me. He, okay. feels, he feels like a better Cole Beasley as far as he's not just limited to slot. But when he's yeah. in the slot, he beats people with his route running really bad. He can make you look stupid. But his outside speed isn't elite. He has good enough to beat people, but it's not elite speed. And he's only 5'11", and he's not, you know, a 50-50 guy. So he feels like a kind of a tweener to me. Like, I don't see him underneath, getting a ball underneath, breaking. He's not big enough to break tackles. And he doesn't have the long speed to just, like, burn past everybody. So I just feel like he's more of a a a necessary first down guy, but I don't mm-hmm. want to draft him as early as you'd have to draft him to get a guy like that. Is he, would he be a day one contributor? Oh sure, sure. He can get open right away. He, he whatever team he goes to, he'll beat your best corner a couple times. He has that kind of route running, but five eleven and not he just he's not great at anything else like he's not going to go up and get the ball he's not going to like burn past you he's not going to break tackles after after he gets it he's he's not a a big enough player to like like des would he's not fast enough to like you know catch one and go like a hill did where he just and you went right by him you know Mm -hmm. so i just feel like he's in between or i would like to get him like at 88 maybe, but then you can get – you could probably get uh, – uh, wait, oh, man. Watson? No, it's, it's, the, uh, it's the speedy kid, uh, Juan, Juan Wright. Uh, man, don't do a podcast without sleep, y'all. <laughs> bad. bad. I well, know it's Wayne, Wayne Ryan. Wayne, I'm so mad. I'm mad. Like this is – I just – I watched him. He's super fast. He's about a third round guy. Maybe he sneaks in the top two. He's he's um, Wayne Wainwright. Wayne, man, I'm mad. From where? What college? I can't remember. I'm gonna look. Now you gotta hold us while I go over and. and no, uh, you know, Mike, what you're talking about Jahan Dotson. I mean, if we were to bring back Michael Gallup, and of course we have Ceedee Lamb, adding a guy like Dotson out of the slot, dude. I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that trio at all. No, he, he, I just, he's not an exciting like all, player. Well, I feel like all our guys are limited to certain stuff they can do. And we don't have a guy that we don't have guys that just could do like everything. I'm going to get this guy's name right now. Let me see. I'm going to it. All right. Available players. We're going to go wide receiver. Somebody's yelling it too right now at the thing. Like it's this guy, you idiot. Wandell Robinson? That's it. Wandell Robinson. Yep. I just uh, just got to him right here. Wandell Robinson. So, like, in the third round, I'd rather have him because he's he's kind of a burner. I'd rather have Sky Moore. You know, if I'm right, going right. a little bit smaller type guy, I think Sky Moore uh, is a little bit more physical. Like, if he catches it, he could break away a little bit more. I just feel like 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 he might be – like, he could do it, but if I'm drafting like a prospect, you know, where I don't know their full potential yet, I want somebody with a little bit more tools for me if I'm going to draft them in the, you know, top 50. I got you. Yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. So, okay, so is he somebody that you can see the Cowboys targeting? No, they already got Colby's. And they got, a guy like that, they're not going to target him that early, as early as he'll go. I, don't, I just, he's not the taller, lengthy guys that they like. He's he's 5'11". He's more of a route runner than like a beat-you-deep long guy. He has the speed to do it, but it's not something he's going to do all the time. You know, I just <clears> – <throat> I don't think Dallas would draft him. And I, if I heard correctly, you said you pick 88, so it sounds like you've got a third-round grade on him? 
Uh, I want to do more on him. He's he's a tweener. He's second, third for me. So I want to see what he runs at this combine. I want to see how he looks on his drills on the outside, especially because I know he's going to make people look stupid at the combine because his route running is it's pretty nasty. He has a good release package. He he can make you look really stupid, and so can Cole Beasley. But how often did Cole Beasley beat somebody deep? Like it happened rarely, but it's not just isn't something that happens a lot, you know? So I, I don't, you know, it's not a guy I want that early. Understandable. Okay, Mike. So, you know, we're going to, I'm going to have a little homework assignment for you. Your prospect, uh, our prospect preview for this week. I want you to study Michigan edge, David, I believe it's Ojabo. Was it Ojabo? That's no, that's no issue. That's that one's been done and, and we will talk about it next week. Yeah, so, so I'm, he, I'm just gonna give you one tease. I don't like to tease anything before, but he's a guy that if he tests right, could be like top ten. Not oh, even really? not that I draft him. Not that I draft him top ten, but oh, he okay. could be one that goes in the top ten based on his testing numbers. The way um Saints traded up for Marcus Davenport. And at the time, everybody was kind of like, man, did you you need to draft, you know, but he had pretty good numbers. He had the right size and everything. He's one of those guys that you're like, somebody might go, you know what? I just, I'm not going to let an attempt at a guy with this size, this speed, this length, you know, this, this, uh, well, I don't want to talk about them all, but he, he could go top (laughs) 10 if he measures right. I'm just saying. So it sounds like this could be like a, uh, a traits freak. Maybe he you know he hasn't. There's not a lot of production, but you know there's a lot of traits, and the ceiling is so high. It's like, man, we I don't want to pass this up because if we hit, it's going to be a big hit. He's a Michigan defensive end. They have those every uh, uh, Rashawn Gary was the latest one, you know, and it took him a while to get going to kind of like get a groove, and now he's starting to make plays. He, you know, when you get guys like traits like that, you just got to be able to teach them. You get the right teachers, they'll become players. Hey, Dan Quinn's a, a, quite the teacher, isn't he? Did he have an all-pro rookie? Michael <laughs> exactly. Parsons is great, but don't don't, don't discount what Dan Quinn meant to that player. Absolutely. You know, Mike, I know I got us a little bit off track there. I sure do appreciate you uh, holding down the fort here. So we're going to go in reverse here, and we're going uh, to finish the show off with one word this week. And I want you to give me one word that uh, you think the Cowboys free agency approach will be blank. Can I guess your word? Of course. Cheap. (laughs) Surprisingly, no. no, I think you're going to be very surprised with my word. My word was economical. And the reason, (laughs) the reason I fancy your word for cheap. (laughs) I put in my notes, it's a word for cheap. The reason I used economical it's because yeah. I believe this year they earned that because Jerron Curse was cheap. Mm-hmm. That was an econo- that wasn't cheap. That was economical at the end. The start yeah. of it, Brent Urban was cheap. Watkins was cheap. Hooker was cheap. Curse was cheap. By the end, economical is a better word for those because they they paid low and got a good haul out of it. You know, so if they could pull that, I don't believe you can pull that off very often. That's very hard to do. But if they do that again, I'll keep calling them economical. The minute they do it and their players suck ass, they're going to be back to cheap. That's my word. That's fair. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that on my wife next time if she wants she wants me to uh, take take us out to dinner. I'm gonna say I'm being economical tonight, babe. Economical, yeah, it means it's but but you got to live up. Because the first thing that's going to happen is they go, you go, I got to keep it in this price range. She's going to go, you're cheap. But if you go <laughs> to Taco Bell, you're cheap. If you hit this right spot, that's really, really good. It just happened to not cost a lot of money. Like say there's a Daphne's in Fresno that, uh, that you could go to where you get cooking from me. It's an economical decision. You didn't go out and spend the buku mega bucks on a fine dining, but you got really good food. That's economical. Take her to McDonald's, your ass is cheap. Hey, the amazing thing, it's funny you say that because if she said, hey, babe, can we go to dinner? And I took her to McDonald's, she'd be so happy because I hate McDonald's and she loves McDonald's. Why does she love McDonald's? 
I have no idea, dude. I don't. I, I don't know if it's a price thing. I think it's really just the the dollar Dr. Pepper she can, or the dollar large sweet teas. Fries. I think it's really that. I'm gonna I have good fries. fries. The fries are good, but and they and like, the like the breakfast stuff. The breakfast. The McGriddle. Oh my god, dude. Yeah. So give me breakfast. Give me fries. But if somebody's going there to get like lunch, dinner, get get out. Get what are you exactly. doing? Don't eat fast food. For real. Uh, so, Mike, for me, you know, going back to one word here, I think Stephen and Jerry will bring back some fan favorites like Gregory and Gallup. And after Dan Quinn's success and Dak's contract last season, I think they'll listen to them and bring in guys to help them and make the team better. I think the Cowboys' free agency approach will be savvy. Savvy. Okay, that's a, that's the next step up. So mine was cheap is when they suck. Economical is when they is when they hit some guys. You know what savvy is? Savvy's like Robert Quinn trade. Fifth, sixth rounder, and you bring in a guy that gets you 14 sacks. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they get a good, really good tr- contract on Gregory. They get a really good contract on Hooker. Maybe Michael Gallup coming off of an injury. You can get him on a one-year deal. And you do things like that. I think savvy is a possible word. I'm not betting on them because yeah. it ain't going to be savvy if they do all that and then lose Amari Cooper, Tank Lawrence, you know, and they cut a bunch of guys with no, you know, not trading them for anything. Then, then I don't think savvy is what people are going to be calling them. But there's a, there's that, there's a window there for savvy. There's a window. There's a window, yeah. And I mean, if they with the free agency moves they made last year and then the draft that they had, you know, combining those things, that was pretty savvy. It was it was it's a small window. Small. Because <laughs> you I gotta be honest, you take Jaron Curse away from that, and it's like eh. Yeah. It's you know, eh. Eh. Indeed. Well, Mike, man, I enjoy the conversation as always. We, we try to cut the episode short and we still went over an hour. I know, right? How the, I talk too much, dude. <laughs> hey, just, if, you did, if you weren't talking, man, I don't know what the show would be. And would you, especially when you went to the restroom. It would just be, <laughs> be me rocking like this. We'll, we'll be right back, guys. Hold on. That'd be so weird. I'd grab my phone. <laughs> I had to check friggin' two text messages while while I was on because there's certain people that people, you get certain things on the phone, nothing you could do. I got to go like, oh shit, what is this? Had to do it, man. So that's no problem, sir. It's no problem, man. I can't talk tonight, Mike. That's all right. You have a kid. I didn't get any sleep. We how the hell do we even get through this episode? When I told you earlier that you that I didn't sleep last night, you were like, please take a nap, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yes sir hey your 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 uh your well-being man is, is beneficial to to all of us sir i uh i got a text message that i have to take so i'm gonna let you close out the show i'm at cd piglet y'all i'm gonna be on my phone while he closes up <laughs> hey guys as always i appreciate you joining us you can find me on twitter at paul underscore ryan 15 we will see you guys next week